When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson. We are joined, as always, by Pete Maglaga. Pete, what's up, buddy? Nothing, man. We are officially, unofficially, but officially at the midway point of the season. Yeah, midseason report coming this week. It's crazy. I mean, we always say it, but baseball just flies. Spring season flies. It's. I wish it was so much longer. I really do. I wish, I wish the season was so much longer granted with you know having to prepare for high school football season in august i do like that little month and a half gap (laughs) but (laughs) like man if baseball was longer that would just be oh it would be the best yeah it felt a little more like winter where winter just feels like it's never ending yeah winter winter never ends uh but yeah spring is fast man and we're halfway through it and we don't know anything more than we knew in the beginning of the season it seems No, we Uh, definitely don't. You and I were talking yesterday at the West Hill Staples game, and it was just like, yeah, sure, this team will be number one this week. Sure, this team's getting votes. Sure, because like it just seems like there's a lot of parity in a lot of these leagues, and um, it's make it's been making for a really interesting poll every week. And you know, I feel like last year, like going into the year, we were like, all right, Warden West Hill are probably the two best teams heading in. A lot of returners. West Hill had a lot of injuries. They kind of fell off. But Ward was just like, you knew they were the best team, right? Yeah. You go back to 2021, you know, you kind of knew East Catholic was the best team as the years. As we were at this point, East Catholic was 10-0. and You're like, yeah, they're probably the best team. But back to 2019, it's like, yeah, Staples is the best team. Now we're sitting here looking and we're like, I have no idea who the best team is. No, I, I, you know, I think that the top three teams that are in the poll right now, Staples, Trumbull, Ward, are all really good, all capable of winning the FCAC, all capable of winning double L. Uh, they're also all capable of losing in the first round. Not that they would necessarily, because um, I think they have really, they, they all have deep pitching staffs and really good lineups. Um, but like we've said a million times, you could run into a stud in the first round of a tournament and lose. So um, no one is dominant. I think that the voters are generally getting the best teams into the top 10. There's not like, I don't look outside the top 10 and see teams where I'm like, this is egregious. Well, it's about time because it was egregious the last couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you why. Notre Notre Dame, West Ham, Notre Dame, getting no love except for me. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) In this week's poll, they have one number one vote. Yeah, this is the what, fourth or fifth poll of the season? But they got a number one vote. It's from me. So <laughs> I just want to say that eight and one in the SEC and the teams they've beaten are legit. Yeah. That they're a really good team. They lost early in the season in a, in a you know in a close game. Um so I, you know, I have them number one. Are they better than Staples on any given day? Sure. Uh is Staples really good? Yes, because their pitching is just loaded. Like their number three pitcher threw a perfect game. 
they have these two sophomores, Kaimi and Oppenheimer, that come out of the bullpen that are excellent. Like, I don't think anyone's pitching staff is as deep other than maybe Ward. Like, those two pitching staffs are just so, so deep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame Westhaven, you and I have been voting them in the top ten, I think, all year. Uh, um, I was the only one who had them in the preseason, Paul, in the top ten. You, you'll see even – right, okay, so you're the only <laughs> one in the top ten. But um, even this week, they're not on a couple of polls, so they're fifth or sixth. I, I forget yeah, exactly. They're sixth, yeah. Sixth. And, and and they got a number one vote. Uh, but, like, take a hard look at Notre Dame West Haven because they're good. Now, they, they, they could lose after I say this. They have some good games coming up this week. But They got prep and Amity Thursday, Friday, back to back. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they could – obviously, you can lose those games. When you're in the SEC, you can lose any game. Um, but I think that that's a really, really strong team. I thought they were a strong team coming into the year. So I have I a question know. for you regarding the poll, not yeah. about the poll itself. Yeah. Um, do you believe that the poll is cursed? I do not. Uh, Sean Bowley believes the poll is cursed. I think that this is, as I said to Sean, that's baseball, man. Like in the baseball season, these teams are going to beat each other. Like the SEC, the FCAC, you don't run through those leagues and go unbeaten. Yeah. It's really hard. It happens once in a while where the team is just so, so good. Um, no, I think you're going to lose. And like, yeah, I know. But, like, each other off, but like, like, so Ward was number one to start the year, lost two games in one week. Yeah. Xavier's the number one team. They lose two games in one week, three games in a row. Yeah. Staples is the number one team in this week's poll. Now, the poll wasn't out yet, but and they, they lost, lost on Monday. Yeah, they lost on Monday. And yeah, we, so we get the, the votes count through Saturday, the game Saturday, yeah. but we don't run the poll till Tuesday. So sometimes on Monday, the team loses. I'm just saying, I think night. they lost a one run game when they made five errors. I mean, I to think, Kyle Kipp. Like, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it might be cursed. Maybe. There it is. But look, if you voted Sables number one, I, I think I did. You, Right, and I think that you—that's a great decision. Yeah, because I, I, I think them. they're honestly—they could be the best team in the state. I've seen them twice now. Like, really you good. Should, you should, if you, if anyone wants an inside look of where my head is at. Last week on the podcast, I was talking about how I voted Ward number one. Yeah. That was wrong. I had voted Staples number one last week. So when I went to go do my poll this week, and I looked, I was like, oh. Well, I went on record saying that I still had war number one, but I was ahead of the curve. I had staples at number one. And Look how smart did, I am. Luckily, someone did vote Ward, so that people weren't like, oh, this is ridiculous. Nobody voted Ward number one. Oh, man. Uh, another uh, team yeah. that's in the poll is uh, is Hamden. Uh, we're going to talk to Hamden coach Mike Dwyer on the show this week. Um, they're rolling. They're scoring a lot of runs. They're holding teams down. They're one of those teams that beat Xavier like, they I think have... people were sleeping on them in the preseason because they're very young. They have a couple yeah. seniors, but they're very young. But, man, they are rolling over there. Yeah, it's, you know, looking at their schedule, like the SEC is not easy. By any stretch of the imagination, it's not. But looking at their first half and looking at what they got coming up, like, you know, they have prep on Wednesday, the day this airs. They have Xavier the last game of the year. Like, I think outside of those two games, I think they can win those other eight games. Like I, I really do think they can. And they can it's win those not two, be They easy. can win those two games too. And they could win those two games as well. Yeah. So I really, really like Hamden's chances for a high seed to get that home advantage, which we talk about uh, with Coach Dwyer uh, on the show because they play on turf. 
But uh, it's interesting. It's just interesting looking at it as we kind of turn the page to the second half. We're going to see teams that uh, maybe you're still figuring out their pitching. You know, there are some programs in this state that don't really let their guys rip until May. Yeah. You know, so we're going to see a big change in some of these teams in the top who, whose guys they um, they're going to let start going six innings, seven innings, five innings. You know, getting that pitch count up there, uh, not getting too crazy because April's kind of a feeling out period, and, yeah, and um, it's cold and yeah, it's always cold. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, I mean uh, a lot of there's. I mean, we saw Chris Ajak yesterday for Staples. He's only up to like 45, 50 pitches. He's going to be rolling by the end of the season, yeah. but he was coming in off basketball, so he started a little slow. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of kids like that, you know, and and rightly so. You, you, you sort of slowly work them up. But now that we're getting close to May uh, and we're at the halfway point of the season, it's go time, baby. You know, the, the next month of the season is is so fun. Uh, and then you hit the playoffs and, uh, you know, it's all great from there. Absolutely. Uh, but let's get to our interview with Hamden coach Mike Dwyer. Uh, he was kind enough to join us on High and Tight this week. We are joined now on High and Tight by Hamden coach Mike Dwyer. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on the show. I love what you guys do. I listen to you every week. Um, thanks for the invite. We were talking right before we came on how much I love your sweatshirt. Uh, there's a video here. So yep. tell us who gave you the sweatshirt. Uh, Chris Borelli gave it to me. Um, it's one of the old ones he had. We have a storage unit at the high school and, uh, you know, I don't keep much of the gear. We order a bunch of gear for the guys and you can ask, you can ask any of them. I never keep it. And Chris gave me this and it's, it looks like it's been dried about 2004 times. So, <laughs> you know, I had to wear something hand in, but it's all right. It's comfortable. It looks good. It looks good. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Hey, you guys are off to a great start, uh, especially with the bats. Um, I think you have like six guys hitting over 300, a couple of kids hitting over 400. What's yep. that been like with, with the batches popping like that all the way through the order? I mean, it, it, it's a testament to kids buying into a process. Um, we're trying to, you know, put the ball in play. Um, I feel like a lot of things that are going on in, at the high school level, especially, is people are being taught this launch angle thing. And I'm a big believer in putting the ball in play, getting a quick bat to the ball, through the baseball, not lifting at contact. And it, it, the kids have been buying in tremendously so far this year. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. People are working, you know, at bats. People are getting the counts, swinging at pitches that they want. And that's exactly what you want to see as a coach as you preach it. Um, obviously, you don't see it every single bat, every single game. But I'm seeing it more this year than I have in, you know, recent years. And I, I couldn't be happier. And part of that's that field you have there too. I mean, you have a lot of space to work with. Are you talking to the kids about that? That you, there's more room to drop in hits here than trying to hit one over the fence. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. So we only have one home run on the year, and I, I know you guys have been following Hamden baseball for a while. Um, in, in previous years, they'd have like 10, 15 home runs by now. Um, but we're we're making solid contact. Like even the guys who are batting averages aren't where they want it to be. I tell them, hey, make sure you're having a quality at bat. You're working the count. You're you're getting the pitcher's pitch count up, and you're swinging at at pitches that you want to swing at. Um, you own the box. You're in the box. You you taking you taking care. Excuse me. You take care of business, and and let everything fall into place. If you put the ball in play, you know anything could happen. And I'm not saying you know I'm not downing people who teach launch angle and stuff like that because there is there is 
players that could benefit from it. Like, like you say, if Aaron Judge, you have an Aaron Judge type player who can put the ball out when he's off balance, you know, with one hand, that's okay. But when you have high school kids, putting the ball in play is a huge thing. Line drive baseball mentality is a huge thing. And it's just something that's been going really well for us so far. And, uh, you know, I hope it continues for the second half of the season. Well, do you think so? You guys have a great website, by the way. Um, yeah, Luke DeVoe, I, I got to give him a shout out. Luke does the best job. Uh, yep. You know, I just pulled it up in 2021. Hamden hit 20 home runs. Yeah. Yep. Then last year, three, this year, one. But the difference between 2021 and the last two years, the trees were cut down in the outfield. You think that might be it? By the Merritt Parkway (laughs) entrance. Now, that's wildly more dangerous for cars, just saying. That's one. Two, but... I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) I'm just saying, is the wind, you know, no trees? Is there more wind blowing into the field, causing, you know, maybe balls to hang up there a little too much? Well, you won't won't hear that from our pitchers who let up a home run. You know what I mean? They'll say, oh, the wind is blowing out that day. You know, it was funny. I woke up that... It was was midway through the season, and... uh, I woke up, we had a practice early in the morning. I think we had a nine o'clock practice that morning. And I called Dyer and I said, Hey, when were you going to tell me the trees were getting cut down? And he goes, the trees are down. And he drove straight from his house, took a picture, <laughs> asked who did it. And I was like, obviously it was a state, but you know, um, you know, I, I just think it's the approach, man. I, 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 I preach staying through a baseball. Um, obviously home runs will happen. Um, obviously not as much as 2021 so far. Uh, we can see what happens in the second half of the season, but if we keep the same approach at the plate, you know, kids who think that, oh, this pitcher isn't throwing as fast as he should be, uh, I, I, I'm out front on him. OK, so think the other way. If you time it up perfectly, you're going to go the other way. If you're early, you know, you're going to shoot middle. Um, that's something that I'm a big preacher and I preach it at every practice. We I bought a $3,500 pitching machine and I run it all practice long. It's, it goes in the cage. We'll do defense and we just rotate all day long. We move around and have a fast paced practice, but we tell kids, Hey, stay balanced, stay short to the ball, stay through it. That's it. The other thing you're doing is stealing a lot of bases. Yeah. Uh, is that something you preach too? I mean, you, you got, you got a lot of kids stealing bases and I think Aiden Jovia has got what 11 already. Yeah. Jovia, Jovia, he's our leadoff guy and um, he has 11. We have a freshman, um, uh, Will Benedetti who has is seven for seven. Um, you know, that's something I was big and I, 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 I think that it's not taught a lot, um, you know, at practice, like obviously people go through the fundamentals and they're like fly balls, hitting the cut, this and that. I, I take, you know, partial practice time to work on, you know, stolen bases, how to, you know, when to get the jump, uh, how to put the pitcher asleep because you want to do it when he's not thinking about you. Um, and there's also certain times where you want to be in the pitcher's head. You want to create chaos on the bases. And uh, I think our base runners have done really well on that this year. And, you know, I hope, like I said, hopefully it continues in the second half. <laughs> you mentioned the, the freshman. You have another freshman, uh, A.J. Aurora, who's batting ninth for you. I know that he's doing really well. He's only struck out twice. How key yeah. has that been, uh, having a kid at the bottom of the order that's just putting the ball in play? Like you said, putting the ball in play, right? Yeah. No, no, it's huge. He has he, – he's actually in the ninth, ninth hole, he has the second most RBIs on the team. Wow. And they and they came in big spots. Uh, Fairfield Prep was game one. We were down by four. He's up. He hits a two RBI um, double to tie it. And the other freshman had before him who had performed well, Benedetti, had two RBIs to cut it within two. And then there was a walk and a hit, I believe. And Cardona hit a two RBI to put us up by two that game. 
And then North Haven, who has a really gritty team, we were fighting with them all game. Uh, he had a uh, he had a um, two RBI um, double that game as well to put us ahead. So he's he's had him in clutch spots. He doesn't you know he doesn't falter his his he's playing a great outfield right now. His problem right now is he's thinking about his batting average. And I said, hey, listen. I'm not looking at your batting average right now. I'm looking at who's putting the ball in play, who's, you know, continuing to work, who's hustling. It's all about having that mentality. And it's been the good versus bad mentality. And the kids are buying into that as well. Um, I know you guys were talking about bad baseball movies last week. You were saying something with <laughs> trouble to the curve, trouble with the curve. Um, I, uh, I got another bad one for you. Uh, Mr. Baseball. Oh, my, God. Yeah, uh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, no, but Mr. Baseball is, you know, one of the, I would say it's not, doesn't even crack the top 20 baseball movies, but it has one of my favorite lines in baseball movie history. And, it, and when he goes high tide, low tide, high tide again, that's something I preach as well, because every single baseball player, no matter whether you're in the majors, you're in college, D1, D2, D3, JUCO, community college, whatever it is, you're going to find a stretch where you're not doing as well as you think you should be doing. And it's the guys who have a positive mentality who were like, okay, what, what did I do wrong? Uh, what did he throw me? Wh what route did I take to the ball? Who's going to work on it? It's going to get out of it quicker. Who's going to reach that high tide quicker? So, you know, um, if you have a negative mentality, you're going to go back to the dugout. You know, I stink. I'm not going to hit the ball. You carry it out into the field. You create, you, you know, you're going to create an error for yourself. It's about those guys who want to work harder, guys who want to focus on where their weaknesses are and who want to learn from the last pitch. So, um, that's something I've been preaching heavy to. You know, Coach, you played for Hamden. You're 2010 graduate. You played in college and you started coaching at Hamden. Uh, I think this is your fifth year at Hamden, second as the head coach. How important is this program for you? Uh, you know, Chris Borelli, the coach before you, he was a Hamden guy, played at Hamden, coached at Hamden. You know, what pride do you take in in leading this program, a program that, you know, like I mentioned, you uh, you played for? Yeah, I mean, Great pride. I, I I loved, you know, every minute working under Chris Borelli. Um, great baseball mind, as you know, great guy overall. Um, couldn't say couldn't say better stuff about him. Um, when I think I said in the interview with you, when he told me I want he wanted me to take over his position, I couldn't be more thrilled. And I didn't want to do wrong by him. And also being a part of the town, huge for me. You know, I'm, I, I just got a job in town. Um, I'm, 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 I'm back. You know, I, I left for eight years. I went to Boston. I thought I would never come back. And somehow I just been stuck back into Hamden somehow, but, um, I couldn't be more proud of, you know, representing my high school and what's been so successful for us this year is I have a group of 39 guys throughout all three programs that are, are all the same way. Um, all have the same common goal. Um, it's cliche. Cause you know, you hear it a lot where people are like, Hey, play for the name on the front of your Jersey. All the guys in my program are doing that right now. And it must, I mean, and it must resonate with the kids that you're from there and played there and grew up in the same place as they did, right? Absolutely. You know, you got some guys on this team, you know, Scott mentioned a couple of them, uh, a couple of the freshmen, but Car Cardona has been a name, you know, that we have seen for this Hamden team for three years. And it just seems like he's getting better. You know, the home run numbers aren't there and I, I blame the trees. But yep. <laughs> you know, he just seems like he's gotten better and better every year. I mean, how nice is it to have a, someone, you know, when you took over last year who was a junior but had that experience as a sophomore on a very good 2021 team yeah. um, to kind of 
you know, you're in your first year and you're like, I got Cardona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the Avengers thing behind you and it's, I, we got a hold, you know, so, uh, he, uh, he, he's been phenomenal. I mean, uh, him and Ryan Capella are both our senior captains and they've done a phenomenal job with leading a very young team. Um, you know, you can ask for more. We ran weightlifting program for six months before the season started and they were at every single one of them. And that's a testament to what those guys want to see the program become, not just this year, but after they leave. They want to set a new you know, standard. They want to set a new culture for this program, and I love it. Uh, Cardona, like you said, he's been around um, for four years. Obviously, he missed a year because of COVID, but, you know, and, and the home run number isn't there. But trust me, he's not one of those guys who we know he can hit home runs. He's absolutely – a specimen on the baseball field. He can he can put a ball over the parkway both sides. So he he's hitting around 450 right now with a, over 500 OBP. He's 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 not worried about hitting home runs. He's worried about winning baseball games for his team, hitting line drives, getting on base, and that's exactly what you want to see out of a senior leader. It hasn't been all hitting either. Uh, you got some good pitching, especially from Matt uh, Moria Moria. Yep, Moria. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, what's he been able to do to step up? I saw, I mean, he pitched great against Xavier the other day. Absolutely did. He was a, a gutsy performance. I, I said it in a tweet, even though I, I misspelled it. Hey, we've all been there. We've all been there. As soon as I put a tweet out and there's a misspelling, I hear it within 10 seconds. I, it's, it's, yeah, 24 guys blowing up my phone. Oh, they, um, love, they love that. They love yeah. it. Yeah, um, he's been phenomenal for us this year. Like our pitching staff, we lost our ace coming into this year, um, Nico DeJoya, to Tommy John. And he's been working back. He can swing the bat. He's been hitting the ball really well as of the last four games. Um, so that's really great to see and have him come back. Um, but Matt Marrera, he didn't see an inning for us last year, and he's he's doing phenomenal. Um, Aiden Jovia is doing great. We have a freshman, Ian Rydell, who's pitched three games. He has a 2.5 ERA right now. Um, the whole pitching staff as a, as a whole unit is throwing 1.7 ER is throwing a 1.7 ERA right now. And wow. that's a testament to the work they put in at practice in the off season. Um, all of them were, we have, we have a great pitching coach in Nick Velarde. Um, he's been doing a phenomenal job and it goes two ways. He's calling the pitches, but the pitchers got to execute them. And they've been working hand in hand for, you know, I want to say the last, uh, last, Six months, um, you know, they've been talking. They haven't been working together because that's a CIC violation, but they've been talking to one another. And uh, I couldn't be more more happy to have a, a pitching staff like this right now. When you have young kids that are going through the SEC for the first time as pitchers, uh, do the older guys help with that? Or, you know, do you guys try to help them with that? I mean, that's not an easy task on these lineups you're facing. Absolutely. And that, that goes back to the culture thing that we're trying to build is, is team you know, next pitch mentality doesn't matter what happened the pitch before. If there's another pitch coming, be ready for it, adjust to it, learn from it, um, be ready for it. And we, I, I saw in the Xavier game yesterday, um, you know, somebody would strike out who's a, a, a senior leader. And, you know, in high school, you know, kids, kids' minds are like, oh, you know, I, I should have had that. And they focus on themselves. I saw, uh, I'm not going to call them out. Um, even though it wouldn't be calling him out, it'd be giving him a compliment. He, he struck <laughs> out. She struck out and he went into the dugout and he went up to a freshman and said, hey, this is what I got. Go get it. It's the same thing with the pitchers. The pitcher's like, hey, this kid, 
doesn't like it here. He couldn't hit this inside pitch. They're all working with one another. And this team has been more of a team than any any uh, you know, any other program I've had, to be honest with you. It's really something to see, the culture that this team is trying to build, and they're all buying in. Um, like you said, we do have young guys in the field, young guys at the plate, and young guys pitching. And all the older guys are stepping up, whether they're sophomores or juniors. They've seen something that these freshmen haven't seen before. And the reason why the freshmen have been so successful this year for us is because of them, you know, relaying what they have learned from the past. Yeah, you guys are eight and two here at the midway mark. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. This will be released Wednesday. You guys have prep on Wednesday afternoon, SEC baseball the rest of the way with McMahon, the second to last game from the FCAC and Xavier, the final game of the season. What does this group have to do the second half of the season to keep the good fortune going uh, this is a Hamden program that has been super successful in the regular season uh, in recent years, has not been able to get over that hump uh, in postseason play. So what's this group have to do to keep this going? Just don't don't buy out of the process, like see what's been working and and continue it. One thing that I'm a big believer in and you'll hear people say it, is like, oh, that loss, flush it or, you know, that at bat, flush it. I'm I'm a big believer and don't flush anything like if you are going to learn from something you got to take it and use it you can't just you know oh that i struck out three times in that game oh flush it you're going to get them next time you need to take whatever it was and we'll use it we'll work on it i'm here to help you we have a good coaching staff behind me um where we have to learn from our mistakes and that that's it you take the little things and you and you learn from them because as you know the little things turn into something big so and then uh, before we get to the draft, and we're going to get to that in a, in a second, as a Hamden guy, and I know that you're biased towards Micro, mm. you you know you work there, and Micro is great. But if you had to pick another food establishment in Hamden, that's the best. I have one in my head, but I, I would like your opinion outside of Micro. Where's like your go-to spot in Hamden? Go-to spot in Hamden. Wow. Um... So I'm assuming I can't use micro sister restaurant Burger Co. Correct? No, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, good man. pick. <laughs> um, I I, I got to go Eli's. Yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm a big guy. I mean, if I go out for dinner, that's something. I I won't go out for dinner in Hamden. But if I'm going out after a game or a practice, I'm gonna go get you know the the, the wontons they have there. Yeah. Or the or the egg rolls they have there. Oh, the, the, the steak oh, egg rolls. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. I was Absolutely. always Glenwood. I just I loved Glenwood. Yeah, Glenwood's good. It's just uh it's somewhere, yeah. it's not doesn't have like the sports on, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I like that vibe too. Yeah. You know. Well, when Quinnipiac won the championship uh, a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted out, I was like, party Side at Street. Side Street. And everyone's yeah. like, No, you go to Eli's, and I'm like, No, 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 no. If you know. You know it's Side yeah, Street. <laughs> absolutely. No, you gotta go. You gotta go see Dave at Side Street, man. That's He's right. The best. Dave is the best. The absolute best. Um, great guy. I when I lived in Hamden, I I loved. I lived in Hamden twice, maybe a total of five years. I loved my time in Hamden. Uh, really, really nice town. But uh, I was always at Glenwood. And yesterday, I actually went to Whitney Donut. So that was nice and refreshing. Right. I've been to Whitney those Donut. Places have all been there forever too. Like sides. I mean, all those places just forever. Yeah. Oh, Extapa? Yeah. 
stop is where it's at. Enchiladas yeah. after a nice round yeah. of golf. It's yeah. uh, it's got it's got some spots, man. Hamden yeah. slept on. Hamden yeah. is slept. It on. is. It very it very much is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you know, no, if you know, and you travel around the state, then you know that Hamden's got food, like good food. It's yep. like a, it's a, you're, it's easy to get to from everywhere, and like it's in the middle yep. of everything. Like I eat in Hamden all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it's the best. But uh, all right, yeah. So we're gonna go into our draft uh, this week in in honor of you, Coach, who who you are a police officer. We are doing the biggest crimes in baseball. Okay. We're, <laughs> We're very, uh, we're just keeping it, you know, kind of keeping the theme. I like um, that. Thank you. So biggest crimes in baseball. Coach, you get to go first. I'm going to go second. Thing. Scott will go third, fourth. Then me, coach twice, me, and then Scott will round us out with the ninth pick. We're going to do three rounds. Uh, coach, it's on you and everyone to get going. What is the first overall pick? So like I said, I'm a big outfield guy. Um, I played outfield, you know, my whole career. Uh, fly balls being dropped. Uh, can't happen. Leads to, you know, pitchers throwing more, leads to extra bases. It's just uh, something that, that that never sits well with anybody. Even if you're not a baseball person, you watch baseball and you see a fly ball get dropped. It just does not sit well. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, it, like you said, it adds to pitch count. It adds everything could kind of unravel yep. uh, at that point. And, and something I'm going to kind of go with the second pick kind of along the same lines. And this might be more of a softball thing. I've been playing softball for a while, but missing cutoff men. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot stand outfielders who overthrow their cutoffs because it's extra bases, right? That force from first. Now, guys on second in scoring position, you have no force out ground ball. You have to throw it across the diamond. Anything could happen. So missing cutoff men drives me insane. Scott? Throw it low. Throw it low, if anything, you know? (laughs) All right. My number one thing is – Road teams leaving a messy dugout when, nice. when you, when you yeah. leave and there's trash behind, totally unacceptable and uh, could be a real crime. In fact, not <laughs> even just a baseball guy. Littering, <laughs> littering. <laughs> it was Earth Day on Sunday. Vandalism. No, it's uh, it, 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 it's something that I, I make sure. And I, I like even yesterday, I stayed at the field. I made sure the dugout was cleaner. It's it's a common common phrase, but make sure sure the dugout was cleaner than when you got here. You know what yep. I mean? I tell all the guys to say, hey, that's a water bottle. That's a base hit. The baseball gods are watching. So they believe in that now. So, <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Tied into that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. I got another one, right? Yep. Um, I'm going to go uh, sacrifice bunting with one out. Mm. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Once uh, no outs, okay. You want to move some runners along, but you got you already got an out. You're going to go to yep. two outs. Come on. Yep. Use wow. a stolen base like Hamden does. Exactly. Nice, nice. Wow. I, I'm I'm a fan of sack bunts at all times, forcing plays, but that's just me. Well, apparently I wrote that story last year and I feel like every team knows I'm there and they bunt now to be like, no, Pete, you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love squeeze bunts. I told you that's one of my most exciting plays in baseball. So I I, I, actually, I, I do like the bunt. When the, when the show's defense. over, I can ruin the, the ending, the major league for you if you want. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you, if you haven't seen it by now you deserve to have it ruined yeah it's been Absolutely. 24 years i think i think spoilers are up on that one yeah. <laughs> all right with my second pick i'm gonna go with throwing behind a runner mm. i hate um 
everyone thinks they got a super arm and everything, but like, you know, keep everything in front of you. Uh, one year, one summer, I was coaching baseball with a friend of mine and his brother. And I was kind of like the third coach. I'd fill in at first base coach or do the book, just help out wherever I could. And my friend couldn't come to the game. So I was the assistant coach that day. And his brother got thrown out in like the second inning. And it's a the championship. And I know none of their signs. I know nothing. I don't even know who's got enough pitches. I had no idea what I was doing. But the kids are playing well. They're kind of keeping me in the loop on everything. I'm kind of letting them run the show. Get to the last inning. It's the bottom of the seventh. It's a tie game. Runner on third, two outs, and pitcher's got two strikes on the batter. And uh, it's a ball. The kid's off third. He tries to throw. He tries to get him at third. Air mails it into left field. Game over. Yep. Yep. Like, just keep everything in front of you. Control what you can control. Unless you're Joe Maurer behind the plate, don't be trying to throw behind guys. It's just yep. too risky. And uh, you can kind of blow a game. Like now I'm 0-1 in my head coaching career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, coach, you got back-to-backs. Okay, so the next one, and it, it, I gotta, you know, I gotta decide which one I want to do first. Um, <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna stick with outfield. The last two, I'm gonna do outfield for. Uh, first one is getting behind the fly ball when you're catching it because it creates that momentum that you need to use. You need to use when you're making a throw to whoever the cutoff guy, third base, second base, or home. If I see a guy as a coach, and I'm, I'm I coach third base when we're uh, when we're on offense when we're hitting. If I see an outfielder who's flat-footed or fading backwards on a shallow fly ball, I'm sending my guy home all day. Um, it takes a lot more to get, you know, a throw off accurately and on time. And we've done, we've executed that about three or four times this year where there's a shallow, shallow, shallow uh, fly ball to left or center field. And I'll send my guy from third base because I see the outfielder planting his feet and he has no momentum coming forward. So that's something that I look for. Good one. Um, last one, taking the wrong route to a ball in the outfield. Uh, you've seen it where there's a, a line drive down the left field line and, you know, your, your left fielder has got to go to his right hand side and the ball is going down the line. He's coming at it and then the ball goes by him and out of nowhere, he takes an L 90 degree angle towards the ball. That's extra bases as opposed to just getting around the baseball coming through it. Um, it's just something that we work on over and over again. And I hope I don't see the rest of the year. Um, it equals extra bases, and we know how important those are. So uh, taking the correct routes to the ball in the outfield. That's a good one. Yeah, I love all. The, I love the outfield stuff because people always – you see the infield errors, and you're like, oh, that's, that stinks. When you make one of these mistakes in the outfield, it's multiple bases, multiple runs. Like, yep. it's a disaster if you can't play outfield correctly. Yeah, the fence is the only, buddy, the only thing that could save you, and it can't throw it. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my with my last pick, Coach, I, I'm just letting you know this is not a personal attack. Oh, jeez. One of the biggest crimes in baseball are turf fields. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm with you. I understand why they are needed, especially in Connecticut. When you look at the schedule on in wet years and Darianne and Hamden have played 10 games and everyone's played three, I get it. I understand it. I hate it. I hate yep. it. I want, you know, every ground ball is the same, yep. you know, like I'll be honest with you. I've played on turf and I look like a superstar. And let me yep. tell you, that was not the case 10 years ago when I was in high school. <laughs> okay, I couldn't feel the ground ball for anything. It's hitting stones. It's hitting the lip. It's bouncing over. I'm on yep. turf. I'm like, I'm like Ozzie Smith. Uh, so out on turf fields. I don't yep. like it. 
I'm with you. I mean, especially when we're one of, I think, what is it, three schools in the state that has a turf field? I think it's you guys, Darianne, Norwalk? Norwalk. Yeah. Law, Law has one now, don't Law they? has one now. I think yeah. Norwalk and McMahon, but I couldn't. Norwalk and McMahon both have turf, yeah. Okay. So unless we're hosting every game in the state tournament, we're kind of at a disadvantage because we've been practicing. Uh, we're going to be taking practices to Legion Field, which is dirt. Um, but like something last year I saw in the state tournament was – um, you know, obviously our first baseman is used to a high bounce if there's a bad throw and he was expecting it and the ball just skimmed on the ground underneath. You know, like I said, extra bases leads to something bigger. We lost by one run that game. I'm not saying that's why we lost the game. I'm just saying we were prepared for something else because of the field yep. that we have. So yeah. my kids have pretty much grown up on a turf field and a lot of the kids they play with don't have the glove down on the infield. Now they wait, they have, they wait with it up. Mm-hmm. And then they get to dirt, and the ball doesn't come up, and they and they the ball goes straight through the legs, and it's like it yeah. gives you some bad habits. But as at the same time, is, the ball does come to you a lot quicker. It does come to you a lot quicker. Oh, a lot faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why Much I don't play. Game. That's why I don't play third base in softball <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons. Yes, that is one of them. I don't need to get hit in the face. Nice. Right, my my pick. Pete. Yep. Round us out, Scott. All right. Yeah. The last one is a crime. Uh, I see it all the time too. Guys that don't know how many outs there are. Like base runners and fielders just unaware of the situation. Uh, guys not running hard with two outs. Guys who strike a guy out and roll the ball out, and it's only the second out. Javier <laughs> Baez. Javier <laughs> yeah, Baez. Yeah. At the MLB level, but. Uh, yeah, just know the situation. Know the know the count and know the how many outs there are. And from what I've seen, every, mostly every varsity program has a scoreboard now. Right. You, just take a look. Like even <laughs> even me coaching, I, I look at the board just to make sure once in a while. You know. Yeah. That's that a lot of that's a lot of trust putting into the board. Yeah. Team. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> My high school coach would grill us if if you we weren't even playing. If you were on the bench, what's the count? If you didn't know the count, it was a problem. Like you had, yeah. you had to be into the game. Like. It keeps you in the game uh, to be focused on outs and the count and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. Situational awareness is huge. Absolutely. Uh, Well, listen, Coach, we want to thank you for coming on. This was uh, a lot of fun and glad you got to do it. And uh, good luck the rest of the season. Uh, You guys are playing really great so far. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Coach. We are back on High and Tight. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's he's a really good dude. I've spoken to him a handful of times. Um, really passionate. I mean, he's a Hampton guy through and through. You know, he's a graduate there. A uh, lot of pride in that program. And, uh, you know, they've always, Hampton has always been right there. Yeah. Always been right there. Great players, great seasons. They lose a game and you're like, oh, they, you know. They've had some trouble in the state tournament and the SEC tournament. Um, maybe this is the year. You know, I, you talk to some coaches around the state. It's nice to have Division One guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's those other guys that are going to win you games down the stretch. Uh, you know, those Division One arms can win you games too, but it's the guys that are going to come through in the clutch, team first grinders. kind of things. Yeah, the grinders. Yeah. So it looks like Hamden's got a lot of them. And yeah, uh, he's got a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing a nice job over there. So, you know, again, the SEC is a, it just landmines all over the place. So you, oh, ne- yeah. you, ne- you never know what, what's going to happen there, but they're heading in the right direction and with a pretty young team. Um, so we'll see what happens with Hamden. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of good games coming up this week. You can check out Game Time CT, check out our games to watch, uh, which goes along with our top performers from last week. Um, I know that there is actually a really huge event happening this weekend, though, and it is Pete's wedding. <laughs> for those that don't know, Pete is getting married this weekend. We're all very excited for him. I'm very happy for him. So if you see him, wish him well. Uh, he's he's making the leap this weekend. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. So I will be off the grid until next week. For next, I'll be back for next week's episode, though. Okay, good. But yeah, yeah. no one bother Pete this weekend. He's got yes. other stuff going on. Yes, no please, please don't bother me. Uh, I already have gotten myself in trouble. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have slid during softball and ripped open my <laughs> knee a week before the wedding. No, I should not have done that. Totally did that. So, I know that I'm going to forget and accidentally text you on Saturday and be like, can you believe what happened up in Glastonbury or whatever? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I think my phone might be left at home that day. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. Just take it away from him. <laughs> yeah. uh, but seriously, man, that, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And, Appreciate it. And you know, welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. Uh, so we will be back next week. Pete will be married when we come back on the show. Uh, and we'll have another guest and we'll talk more high school baseball as we head into the second half of the season. So for Pete, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on High and Tight. Love you all.